0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Step Over podcast. Uh, Podcast about them shit-ass dicks, the 76ers. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jim! I'm fucking. I'm done. I'm um, Jim. This is Max. What's up, Max?
1: Oh, I'm bummed. This this sucks.
0: This just. If we weren't doing this right now, this team stinks, man. Um, just to lay out the ground, I'm not mad. Uh, You're just disappointed. I'm just. You know, it's not even that. I'm just fucking tired, man. I'm tired. Yeah. And not um, just because we, sp- we
1: sprung forward last night.
0: No, no. If you could have just sprung forward into the second round of the playoffs, I wouldn't have to think about the Sixers existing anymore. That'd be lovely. Um, but hey, a uh, quick bonus for everybody. Um, since they just played four road games, they're off until Wednesday. So you know what? Take some time. Spend it with your family and your loved ones. <laughs> really connect to what matters in your life because these jerks fucking suck, man. <laughs> uh they, uh, they won a road game that's fucking crazy but uh, wow yeah I know it was two years ago <laughs> it was like three days ago uh, but yeah uh, they went three for four or they lost three or four um, in their the recent road road trip um, which brings their uh, their road winning percentage to just sub twenty nine and a half. Um, which I looked up uh, on my phone and let me pull this up uh for, for the people who are slightly older than than uh, than max and I who may have a um, a better memory of the early uh, early 90s um, the current win percentage of the sixers on the road is 29 point four percent uh the closest they ever came to doing that in a full season was the 1994 1995 sixers that went 24 and uh and 58 so, Oh, that's fun. Ala abdel was on that team for 10 games. That's fun. So is it Ala's fault? Maybe. Or maybe it's the fault of Corey Gaines or Jaron Jackson Sr.? Wow, he was on that team? So, Wild. So whose fault is it this year on this current
1: iteration of the Sixers?
0: Um, can I... Oh, wait. First of all, the list is very long of people whose fault it is. But can I tell you who's going to be faulted for it and i'm totally fine with that brett brown um yeah yeah uh
1: do, do we think though do we think Elden brand at this point because this has been so bad is gonna get some of the nope the blame nope nope even there's no chance Nope. even even with how bad the al horford contract nope. was with lack of depth nope all those
0: things nope 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 nope, nope. um couple things one there's no way short of making the nba finals brett brown is coaching this team next year yep typically uh specifically also when a team has when it had one coach for seven years uh half of those years were spent losing on purpose two of those years were spent overperforming, and then one year meaning this year like underperforming to a degree of actual output, even if it's not shown in the record, because they're still, the record's probably, it's relatively on pace for what they've been doing the last two years um, with the third version of the team. Uh, But people don't survive that in general. Um, Typically, just in in general, uh, in in all sports, when you fire the coach who's been there for seven years, you don't also fire the GM who's been there for one, no matter how blatantly bad their job has been done. Um, And then also, I don't think that firing the GM really gets to the heart of the issue because that's just one man amongst a cabal of people who have been there longer than that one man who have made mistakes as well. Uh in addition to that, I said this before, the last decision this ownership group actually made was to hire Brett Brown. Right? We've been through this. They hired Hinky, then they hired Brown. Brown's been the coach ever since. They had Hinky whether they called the league or someone called the league or whatever, kind of pushed aside. Jerry Colangelo uh, foisted upon them with their willingness as well. Uh, Hanky resigns. Uh, They go to the automatic easy thing, which is hire the guy's son. So that's not really a decision. Uh, That guy's son gets forced out by the most embarrassing thing to ever happen to that family, I'm sure. Um, And then they're like, okay, we'll just hire the guy who like was a player here two years ago and is, like, the GM of the G League team. Um, And we won't really, like, do many interviews. Just hire that guy. That's fine. So that's not really a decision either. It's like, just grab the nearest guy. Um, So firing Brett Brown would be a decision that they would make, and I think they just get one decision every eight or nine years. So I'd be shocked if they also fired uh, anyone in the staff. But it is very much on them as well, right? Because this is not... There are failings in coaching um on its own on the face of it but there are also failings in coaching that are derived from just just cataclysmic failings in roster construction um and that's not going to be fixed if you just get a different coach in here
1: yeah i don't know what they're going to do i feel like uh I feel like it's all chalked
0: yeah and here's the thing right so they just come off a stretch of here um where they won three of their last one, two, three, seven, eight, seven. Um and that goes back to the Bucs game, right? Where Simmons goes down. And then two games later when MP goes down, right? So they lose that Bucs game uh heartily. They beat the Hawks at home, uh heartily, then they lose the Cavs game, which MB goes down in. Uh, they beat the Knicks because they're at home and they, by the law of the, the way the universe works, they can't lose home games. Uh, and then they drop three or four on the road. Uh, I want to cut ahead. We got a question here that I want to just kind of get to the point of because I'm getting there anyway. Um, let me see here. Okay, this is from uh, Jimmy Sharp at uh, Coconut Junior Junior. Oh, it's my, uh, my godfather, Jim, Thar- Jim, oh, Jim yeah. Sharp. Oh, yeah. We've listener met, of the podcast we've met at your wedding yes uh yeah. what should we conclude about the recent upsurge of competitiveness in the team without Adam and simmons is there any other explanation behind besides the glaringly obvious that the team is poorly constructed um i think obviously yes the team is poorly constructed but i would also i think uh go back on push back a little bit on the team being uh competitive i mean winning a road game when we're just like expecting to lose all of those is good and winning it heartily but the kings fucking suck uh And then they did well in that Clippers game, but that was only Shake Millen, and they still lost by six. So, without Embiid and Simmons, they are, without both of them, they're two and four, which is about on pace for how this team has been performing, generally, when it comes to road games. But then before that, it's not like, okay, they they dropped Embiid and Simmons, and they got even significantly better or worse, because if you go back before that, now, there was the, All-Star break was in here, too, so there's a big gap in time. But, before that Bucks game, when when Simmons goes out, they had just won four in a row because they were all at home. Before that, they had just lost four in a row because they were all on the road. And then they won two straight before that, home games. Uh, and then before that was the trip uh, that actually I was at their last home game before the, the Kings game, which was Martin Luther King Day in Brooklyn. So there was that trip there. It was Knicks, Nets, Raptors all on the road. They won two or three of those and won the two before that, which were home games. So they were on like you know, without, you know, dropping four on the road, but, like, I'm just resigned that, like, road games are just... They're playing some kind of weird magic game that the Sixers just don't understand somehow on the road. Um, But they were doing as well as you would expect in that stretch. And so it's not even necessarily that they've been playing better or worse. Um, I think part of the reason they look more competitive is because... When guys you don't expect to have good games have good games, it's like, oh, look at the heart on these guys. And when guys who you do expect to have good games have good games, it's like, okay, good. Like, you should be putting up 30, you know? So it's just a, it's a, it's a framing thing, and it, but it just shows you, yeah, roster construction's a mess. Because it, it's a framing thing? Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, they, 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 play, they don't play better basketball, for sure. And they honestly don't play much worse basketball. Uh, but they definitely play a more appealing visual style of basketball when you're not cramming two centers in the court at the same time, and when all the guys who are playing are pretty much willing shooters at the very least. Whether they make those shots all the time doesn't matter, but it's just like a more appealing visual style of basketball. Doesn't mean it's better or... Yeah, it, it is worse, but it doesn't mean it's better. I will say it is really nice.
1: Uh, I, I, think, I think the visually appealing part is totally right. Like I think having guards on the floor who can shoot at all times yeah and having uh an offense that doesn't rely on feet, which i love i love Embiid, but like just dumping it to Embiid in the post and hoping something good happens like yep. i think that combined with the fact that like alec burks and gr3 are playing for contracts yeah shake milton is like playing to to certainly stay in the league mm-hmm. he will at this point but like to get minutes like guys actually give a shit and yeah. like ben simmons and Embiid didn't really have that much to play for josh richardson i'd say is the one guy of the and maybe he's even a contract guy too in a way but like one of the only guys in the scene that seems to consistently give a shit who yeah. is among among the top six or seven guys in the rotation
0: yeah and it does seem to interestingly i know there there was some kind of uh rumblings i can't remember who was saying it or how serious they were being but basically that like you know we're all gonna feel like jackasses when it turns out like Horford was playing with like a terrible injury all year, which like yeah sure I'll I'll apologize to him then, but that dick. Uh, I'm gonna bring up a side story about Al Horford in a second, but um, Richardson too, like yeah he has been playing like he cares a lot and like he does seem to care, and it also seems like he's been fighting like ticky tack injuries all year too, which even makes it even more impressive how like how hard he's legitimately trying. Um, Yeah, my quick Al Horford story. I'm not a sports gambler. I don't bet on sports I have don't have the instinct or the the desire to do so I'll do a March Madness bracket you know I'll do a a square a square pool or whatever for the Super Bowl, but like I don't I don't bet on sports Uh, However, every once in a while you get these emails from like FanDuel or DraftKings Sportsbook or whatever It's like oh, we're giving the Sixers plus 80 tonight in points. So it's like free money so I kept trying to do that. And I'm like, all right, it's just free money. It's like to get you in, but like I don't have that trigger in my brain where I'm like, I'm going to keep going. So luckily. Um, but for some reason, those apps wouldn't like verify that I was in Pennsylvania and I was who I said I was. I could never actually place those bets for free money. So I got mad. And then it was the... Which game was it? It would have been the Clippers game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Clippers game. I decided... I'm just going to throw 10 bucks at this game, see what's up, right? So I put 10 bucks into, uh, I won't say the app I use, is no, no free ads, man, but it was a, an app. Uh, not one of the ones aforementioned. And I'm like, I threw 10 bucks in, they matched my $10. bucks. i am like, all right, 20 bucks to use. Let me throw it at something that's like not super far-fetched, but seems reasonable, that can make me a, a good amount of money. Uh, so in that game, now mind you, it's a Clippers game, and they're a stout defensive team. Uh, Sixers did drop one thirty, but uh, no Embiid, uh, uh, no Simmons. I put twenty dollars down that Al Horford would dunk the ball twice, and if he just did that, I would have won two hundred dollars. <laughs> he dunked the ball once and then fouled out after like taking like <laughs> three open layups, and there was no one around him when he could have just dunked the goddamn ball. He's six foot ten, so. I have a personal vendetta against Al Horford now, too, because it was just so silly. Like, yeah, I threw 10 bucks away. Who cares? It, it's fine. Whatever. But, like, two dunks, man. You're a center. Two dunks. Motherfucker. Anyway, that's my I don't know why. Thought.
1: I don't know why he thought he was going to get two dunks. I don't feel like he's gotten more than five dunks the entire season. But he got one in that game. <laughs> like, one of them did come in that game. But that's, two, two in one game is asking for a lot for Al Horford. Should
0: have just taken the under. <laughs> oh, man oh wow this team's exhausting
1: man. is there anything it's it's so exhausting very um so looking ahead uh we can talk about like some actual stuff instead of complaining about the sixers uh looking ahead they have um so they lost nine straight road games heading into the the king's game Won that uh lost to the g league select golden state warriors mm-hmm. last night uh At this point, they have seven more road games of their last 18 games. Uh, In order, those games are at Charlotte, at Minnesota, at Chicago, at Washington, at Spurs, at Pelicans, at Memphis. Mm -hmm. And none of those teams have a winning record. What do we think of those seven? How many do we think they win? Maybe three. Yeah? Yeah. I'm thinking three feels right. Yeah. I think they'll beat Charlotte. I think they'll probably lose to Memphis and the Pelicans, mm-hmm. um, and then they'll win. Two, they'll split Minnesota, Chicago, Washington, mm-hmm. San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, one good thing is that only four of their last eighteen are against plus five hundred teams, mm-hmm. uh, and all four of those are at home. That's Indiana, Toronto, Houston, and Milwaukee. Yeah. So right now they're. I wrote this the other day, so let me make sure I'm right on this. As of a couple of days ago, they were two and a half games back from Miami. I think that's now three. Um, they do have a decent opportunity. I, at this point, anything above four is, I think, out of the question.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: they're, yeah, they're five games back of the Celtics at three, uh, two and a half games back of the Heat. Mm-hmm. And the Pacers are now a half game ahead of them. So right now, the Sixers are, are six in the East, uh, would play the Celtics in the first round if they can go on a little bit of a run here with an easy schedule, hopefully Embiid comes back soon and mm-hmm. Simmons is back for the playoffs. Hopefully, uh, if they could just get the four seed, I, I mean, that's gives you a shot. I, I, at the same time, I almost feel like I was thinking about this the other day. So if you get the four seed, you get obviously a home series, first round of the playoffs mm-hmm. against probably the Pacers we're looking at. Right. Uh, or the heat if they drop, um, Do you think that's more valuable than if you're at six, you start on the road against the Celtics, but then in the next round, if you do get there, you play either the Raptors or the Nets and not the Bucs. And you would save the Bucs for if you somehow made it, the Eastern Conference Finals. I almost feel like that might be better than uh, getting that one, because you're not going to get a home series after that. Like none of these teams, the Nets and Magic are not beating and probably the Pacers are not beating any of these teams. Right. So I kind of feel like the one home game isn't worth having to play the Bucks in the second
0: round. But I don't think it really matters because is anyone else going to beat the Bucks before the the conference finals? I you just get a you just like give yourself an opportunity like maybe there's an injury, maybe
1: by the time the conference finals come around like yeah. Simmons Simmons and beat are at full strength and there's some sort of continuity. This is all like I don't think this is going to happen, but like right. if you're going to give yourself the best chance, I feel like avoiding the bucks and for as long as possible
0: is probably the best way. I mean, just for like mental health, avoiding the bucks for as long as possible is probably the best way to do it. Um, yeah, but however, let's say an injury like it all depends on what happens for the rest of the season. So, say an injury because Giannis did tweak his knee, he stayed in the game, but it looks like he'll be fine. Um, let's say an injury does occur at some point uh, between now and the end of the season, right? Wouldn't you at that point then try to want to face them as early as possible while that person is still injured versus if they get back in time? You know, it really no, depends totally. on the, the full context of the situation. Honestly,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm a, I guess. It, I guess you never know when an injury could happen, but yeah. I guess. I guess I'm thinking the longer you go, the more likely it is that someone's out for the year, right? Like, yeah, sure. I don't think, and I'm not even talking about Giannis. I'm, I mean, even if it was just like Brook Lopez or something, like just one of the hand. one like, of the that low would any of the, either the low pie, um, uh, fuck, they have so many guys. <laughs> it's like, just need like six of them to contract coronavirus and yeah. maybe we'll be, we'll be golden at that point. I guess the longer you wait, the more likely it is that the season's canceled due to coronavirus um, or like I just, postponed indefinitely.
0: I mean, so you shouldn't make jokes like that considering you're in the state where shit's going down hard. Uh, yeah. But I just, just as we started recording, let me pull it up. There was a Mark Spears tweet that, um, it's just, it scares me for the Sixers, uh, in general. Everything does in general, but, uh, when it comes to cleanliness and health, or sorry, it was Mark Stein, I think, yeah. Uh, the NBA has tonight informed its 30 teams of the conference call. Oh, that was from before. Um, maybe it wasn't Stein. Essentially saw a tweet that said, like, uh, the NBA is like, yo, everyone has to use hand sanitizer all the time. <laughs> so I mean that should be just a rule, but um Yeah. It seems like the way these these plans are laid out with, with the, the coronavirus uh contingencies put into place that um if this doesn't get under control in a in a short period of time from now, there's a real chance, I think, that the league could start saying, Listen, like maybe you have to play these games in empty arenas yeah um does that completely neutralize this home court advantage i think it probably does
1: i you know it's funny because i had this thought when i saw that tweet um i had the thought like yes it probably hurts them at home does it make them better on the road though is is it a wash yeah i don't know like, is that why they're not, like, is that, has that have anything to do with why they're not good on the road or is it all travel and distractions and what else, whatever else? It can't else? possibly be just
0: that. Just that they're so intimidated by the, the opposing crowds. Yeah. But I mean, it's gotta be a, a series of factors, but I mean, look, I hate to do this every time, um, but let me pull this back up. Um, so they're on, on the road. They're 10 and 24, right? Not good. Uh, they're 28-2 and two at home. Like, that's... They're on pace to have a top five all-time home record and to be just, like, middling to quite bad on the road. Um, and luckily, a lot of these games coming up, the next four are at home, and then it's road, home, road, road, three at home, road, two at home. Like, that's... A good chunk of games to actually make up like you were saying like make up some ground there but i just don't know man it's it's luckily too like a bunch of those games like you said their schedule is relatively easy against teams below 500 they're 21 and 7 this year it doesn't i remember all seven of those losses i'm pretty sure uh but you know pistons pacers wizards raptors at home right maybe you lose one of those if you i'm just like they're super powered at home so like maybe you lose one of those right uh, then you have Hawks at home, you should win that. Suns, Blazers, Rockets at home, you should win at least two of those three. Magic, Bucks at home, I don't think you're going to beat the Bucks, but you win that Magic game. And then you end the season with the Hornets at home. So you should maybe only have, at the maximum, of five home losses on the year. And I do wonder if, like, if it comes to it where you're playing in empty arenas or uh, there's kind of a limited... Uh, I mean, it would just be empty. I don't think it would just like limit the number. It's, it's, again, an empty thing. If that completely neutralizes whatever confidence or power they feel like they have at home, because I think it is partially mental. Knowing you're 28 2 at home and you start a home game, you're like, all right, we got this. Whether that actually impacts them or it's like a placebo effect, I don't think it really matters. But having the building be empty is going to, I think, take that completely, strip that completely away. Yeah, I, d- I do kind of wonder.
1: Um, if they did that, if the NBA got to the point where they're they're playing empty arena games, are they still at, like, Wells Fargo Center and Madison Square Garden, or are they just playing it like, a practice facility? Like, at that point, why would you... It seems, like, more dangerous to play at the Arena 1, uh, just because there are other things happening there, uh, and there are a lot of people in and out, but... Also, it just seems, like, really silly to, to play a game that way. I guess they have all the cameras and stuff.
0: And I feel like for scheduling, we we'll probably have to work there uh, there and uh, having the facilities and the locker rooms and stuff. Um, because, like, if you're playing... Say you're playing at the practice facility in Camden. First of all, not every team has a facility like that, right? So... <laughs> playing at PCOM. Exactly, you know. Um, yeah. And you could... I mean, you could argue in... in in the arena in the wells fargo center if you need to lock that building down you can lock that building down something about the practices that seems like more accessible people can like would like show up or whatever you know it's you already have the the security and the that facility in place to like know you know what you need to do for it so i don't know it'll be interesting see if it gets there but i mean hope it doesn't for for a lot of different reasons but uh it will be very interesting to see um what would happen where to get to that that point um, before we hop and take some questions, Max, do you have any remaining points you would like to make? I don't think I do. All right. Well, let's take, go a, quick, to questions. Yeah, let's take a quick break uh, and then we'll go and take some questions. Okay. Uh, Max, I found the tweet, by the way, that I was talking about earlier. Oh, good. It was a Mark Stein tweet. Uh, starting tuesday it will be mandatory league sources say for nba teams to distribute hand sanitizers to all players and team staff members and advise them it is a complementary measure to regular hand washing so yes
1: uh, i can't believe the league had to like come up with a policy for that no yeah. Jesus christ we're all gonna die it's yep. like this is our response to to this pandemic
0: yeah um okay before we get into a bunch of other questions, too, I had one that I, I kind of thought about for, for a minute. Because uh, we asked for questions a couple days ago, ended up not being able to record then, so now we have I had some time here. Uh, our friend Hard Rock Life asked, in the wake of the Spike Lee slash Nick scandal, uh, which in case you didn't know, there's a bit of picking back and forth. James Dolan said that Spike Lee was being rude by trying to use the employee entrance instead of the fan entrance, etc. Or VIP entrance. If you could pick one celebrity to have an employee entrance privileges at the Wells Fargo Center, who would it be? Max, do you have an answer?
1: I don't. Let me think about this okay, while you give well, yours, because it yeah. sounds like you have an answer.
0: I do. I have two answers, actually. But just, I I, I pushed it out to everybody else, too. Um, like, you know, who would you pick? And there's some, you know, Springsteen, Rihanna, M. Night Shyamalan, which he's already down there. Uh, AI, Meek Mill, a lot of Meek Mill. Um, you know, people like that. But Matt Geiger, which is, you know, Matt Geiger is a... There should be a statue of Matt Geiger down at that arena. I'll tell you that much. Um, that's all fine and good, but I think it it kind of doesn't represent the the level of fame that Philadelphia has, right? So, like, you got Billy Crystal with the Clippers. You got, I don't know, does Jack still go to Lakers games? I don't know. You got Spike Lee. These are, like, big, big-time people. In Philadelphia, we have our own, like, like... We're obs- like we obsess over our newscasters, right? This is the kind of city Philadelphia is. So I was thinking honestly, who like most appropriately represents Philadelphia fame? Uh Shyamalan's up there because he's, he's like the most Philadelphia level famous person there is. But my answers were one, Jerry Blavitt the Geeter. Because he's so uniquely Philadelphia famous that it would confuse everybody as to who he is. And second, I was thinking, who's the person who Represents that kind of like local fame that people here absolutely love that there's like nothing wrong with and seems like a good Person and this and that and I was thinking back to when I went to college with friends who were from Not this area and we had the local Philadelphia news stations up at uh, Kutztown and my one friend Mike pop became obsessed with this one news person and I think the hurricane Schwartz No, it's Yuki, Washington Mm. so I think it's got to be Yuki Yuki is the appropriate level of Philadelphia famous where everyone loves him here and everyone like sees Yuki like, oh shit, it's Yuki Washington. And people literally anywhere else would be like, why do they care? He's a local news guy. That's the appropriate level of Philadelphia fame. That's who I would give it to. I feel like I'm going to give it to... uh
1: so there, there are two, like, ride-or-die courtside fans. There's uh, the Slumlord, who sits near the Sixers bench, and there's Thomas Jefferson Guy, who sits near the opposing bench. Sure. I don't want to give it to Thomas Jefferson Guy, because he's been coming to games every game for, like, 15 years. Never hear any bad shit about him, although uh, probably bad shit if he's sitting
0: courtside. So Thomas Jefferson Guy, by the way, um, is... Uh, I'm going to get his name right, because I... Remember seeing him on television? I so I want to get his name right. Uh, he is. Gotta find his first name. Uh, I think it's Michael Klein. He is. Oh, uh, uh, don't don't ruin this for me. Please don't tell me he like
1: invest in pri- private private prisons. No, sorry. sorry,
0: he's Tom Klein. Tom Klein, Tom who I believe Clark. his name is on Drexel's uh, School of Law uh and he's a malpractice uh and personal injury lawyer as far as i can tell oh, no no but i remember watching i never kind of knew who he was so i'm like oh yeah he's got the long hair and he wears the little glasses uh and i was watching 2020 or something like that a couple of years ago with my dad and i saw him on tv because in that penn state uh fraternity death thing he was representing the family of the kid that died uh there's a story from a couple of years ago that i think you can find where Someone got like their foot run over by a trolley, and he sued SEPTA for them and got him a bunch of money. So, I think he's a good one. I don't really know, but he seems like a good one. Tweet, a, tweet at us if he is a good one or not a good one, yeah, please. If you got any personal beef with Tom Klein, please let us know.
1: <laughs> but yeah, he's also tall. Yeah, just, just just scrolling through his his Twitter feed, it seems like most of the cases aren't bad. Like, yeah. Uh, surgical instrument company to pay brain injured band 12.75 million dollars that seems fair
0: yeah he seems like the kind of lawyer who um gets the guy who got hurt by the big corporation money from the big corporation yeah so that's um, nice. unlike justin bieber who's chasing ambulances in philadelphia yeah justin f bieber esquire i believe yes uh, in uh yeah so yeah but see that's the thing like like, I'm sure Yuki Washington can afford those seats, too. But, like, those guys have been there. Like, they can sit in the seats they have. They don't need the passes. Like, I want to give a privilege to somebody. And it's it's Yuki. I like Yuki. So, it would have been Vernon Odom, but he's retired now. And he's, like, I just, Vernon can stay home. They, they'd put him up on the news. And I'm like, just let, let Vernon retire. He's been doing this for so long. So, yeah, that's my answer. Um, here's some other questions. Um... Dave Mulhern asked on a recent BS podcast, Bill compared Ben Simmons, back injury to his own chronic back issues that stopped him from playing pickup basketball in his mid forties, saying something like quote, once it starts, that's it. I guess my question is, is this road trip shake Milton's apex mountain? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, yeah, so I don't know what to say to that. It's <laughs> one yeah, wanted to make fun of that. Um, um, we can move on. It's fine. I, yeah. I will say though that like I, I know people clown on clown on that a lot when someone's like, Oh, I had that same thorac- thoracic outlet syndrome and it really fucked me up and people are like, Yeah, but you're not a professional athlete. You mean it's Dr. Like, Movement? It does give you Dr. Movement. It does give you some some uh it does give you some perspective though, having gone through a similar injury. Just that like how chronic it is or how easy it is to re-aggravate it and all that. Sure. Although you never know like what I don't know. The six like all they said about Embiid or or Simmons is just like impingement and sprain. Like, we don't know if it's an AC joint. We don't know if it's rotator cuff. Yeah.
0: By the way, so, let's see here. The Simmons injury was on February the twenty second. Uh they said uh reevaluate in two weeks. Uh, and that was yesterday. Um, but they did say something like it's They're still waiting it out or whatever like that. So we're we're on the waiting for them to tell us train now as we often are. Um, This is from MG's music. Uh, Should Shake stay in the starting lineup when Embiid and Ben return?
1: Yes. You think so? Even even with Richardson and you would say that you would just take Al Horford off and pull Shake on. Yep.
0: Richardson at the three, Tobias at the four. Hmm. Because I mean, if you're you're essentially with Simmons there, because Simmons is your six ten point guard, but he plays like a forward or a point forward. So it is always beneficial, I think, to have the two and three be guards with him. That's true. So I guess the question of like, do, would you rather have Cork Corkmas,
1: or maybe even like Alec Burks? But. Yeah, I, think, I don't
0: know. I think Shake. I think Shake's probably I, I kind of like
1: the idea of Shake. Back, of, of Shake getting the backup point guard minutes once Simmons is back. But you could still do that even if even if Simmons starts. Right. Yeah. You just bring Shake off first, and then when Simmons comes off, you bring him back. Yeah. It's like not like they have to. Right. They're gonna play a lot together if, if both of them are.
0: Yeah. Well, once they're back, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. Um, Ice asked, not the bad one. Uh, if you could add a second. Uh, alternate slash classic slash etc. uniform to the team's uniform rotation what would it be uh, and you can describe it if you got something new uh, for, for anyone who hasn't heard it we did a, a, a kind of off-season rank of our was it off-season oh it was when they announced the 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 newest city editions of uh, our favorite Sixers jerseys of all time and we both had uh, the same jersey at our number one except for I had the road red and you had the home white uh, which is the jersey that Allen Iverson wore in like, his rookie year. Um, I wouldn't mind bringing that back because that word mark is something that they've never done before or since, and you don't see it anywhere. Um, so I wouldn't mind having that, uh, probably the white one, even though the red one was my number one pick, uh, to just... It's just such a great-looking uniform, and I think that would, that's probably the one I would bring in.
1: Yeah, I, I love that jersey. So other than that, which I would... I. I really hope they bring back as an, as a throwback in the next couple of years. I really love that. Was it there? Were, there were two different uh, like fan created alternates from a couple years ago. There was a Spectrum one that yep. had like the full rainbow around the waist, mm-hmm. and there was a Septa jersey, and I, I really want the Septa jersey. <laughs> I got I, just like weird like nobody, no other city like gives a shit about their... and even like Philly doesn't really it's not like people like sept all that much no uh but there's there is like an affinity for the logo it's already red white and blue um it would confuse other teams fans i kind of like that
0: yeah um yeah confusing other teams fans is nice but i don't know sept i don't know that seems weird um that's all i got man i don't got anything else uh yeah i don't think i have anything else this team's incredibly frustrating um and like you know
1: in the best way what I was it that you be- called them what was it that you, you called them to start off the pod i think shit dicks i don't know i can't remember yeah yeah you know? i believe that's what it was i was yeah. like you hit real
0: hard that was like three seconds into the podcast I'm just freaking tired of it man oh but just going back sorry uh i did find more answers for other people who had uh people who to get the employee entrance and i wanted to go down those a little bit oh yeah uh kendall jenner sure um Julia Fox, sure. Uh, Iverson, of course, again. Uh, Billy Joel, fuck Billy Joel, fuck that guy up, big time. Uh, Will Smith or all of state property, which is also very very fair. Uh, all of state property actually got two two votes there. Uh, Lil Dicky, sure. Lil Uzi Vert, okay. So much just alone Not from here, okay? Get him out of here. He's not from here. Stop giving him that credit. Bullshit. Um, Iverson... Someone said G Love. Good for good for G Love getting getting a vote. <laughs> good for G Love. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. <sighs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know, man. <sighs> it's, it's, it's it's days like today that uh, it's a real burden to have a Sixers podcast to be one yeah. of the, the fifteen of them.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. But hey, if, if, if you hear anybody else in any other Sixers podcast call them shit dicks, let me know. Because I need to start out. I'll send a cease and desist out. Uh, and that's it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya.